0: And just like that, the Yankee season is over. The Yankees' $324 million ace Garrett Cole, he was terrible. Bats went cold in Boston, and the Yankees' hopes for an October run are signed, sealed, and delivered dead. What went wrong? Should Aaron Boone be gone? Should Brian Cashman be back as the general manager? And what Yankee free agent should stay? Who should go? We try our best to answer all those questions on the season finale of the Pinstripe Pod from the New York Post.
1: Here's a stripe pod.
0: Your
2: post. All the pod.
0: Hello and welcome to, sadly, the season finale of the Pinstripe Pod, our Yankees podcast with the New York Post. I'm Chris Sheeran, alongside my co-host, four-time Yankees World Series champion and reliever Jeff Nelson. You'll hear our producer, Jake Brown, as well. Follow the whole crew on Twitter, at Chris Sheeran, yes, at NYNelly43 and at Jake Brown Radio. No guests today on the final episode of the season. We'll be back this offseason. Don't forget when major Yankees news hits. Catch up on all past episodes and some of our great guests this past season. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get podcasts. If you enjoyed the pod all year, please give us a five-star rating and write in a positive review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate your support all season long. Can't say it enough. And I'm sure the Yankees uh, appreciated all of their fan support until people were jumping off of a ship like rats fleeing a sinking ship last night, Nelly. I wasn't one of them. I stayed in until the bitter end, until that last fly out from Glaber Torres in the top of the ninth inning, leaving Brett Gardner on deck, wondering if that was going to be his last at bat, and he didn't even get up into the batter's box. But let's start where we need to start. And it's something that we were texting each other about last night, and uh, that's Garrett Cole. And I know it's been said ad nauseum up until this point, but we have to say it. We haven't said it yet publicly. If you're a $324 million ace, and, and he admitted he, he owned up to it. He said what he had to say in, in the post game. but I don't care. I don't want to hear that from an ace. You get paid $36 million a year. You get the richest contract as a starter in Major League Baseball history. And you go out there in a wild card do or die and you spit the bit, two plus innings. Didn't even get it out in the third. Nelly, four hits, three runs, two walks, three strikeouts, two home runs allowed, 50 pitches and 30 strikes. You cannot call yourself the ace of the staff and go out there and do what he did against the Red Sox last night. Look, I will never, we talked about it with Ken Davidoff last week. I will never question the guy's heart. That's never going to come into play. I know he's going to take the ball every fifth day. You're not the second starter. You're not the third starter. You're not the fourth starter. You're not the fifth starter. You're called the ace for a reason. And that performance in that wild card game was unacceptable.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go a couple of different ways with this, just for, because I was, there, I was there. You know, fortunate enough, I had really good seats, so I was right by the Yankee dugout, and I could see everything. And I could obviously see him and see see where his pitches were. You know, I'll, I'll go with the bad first. That, yes, you're absolutely right. You know, if you're the ace of the staff, you cannot lay an egg like that. That is just that's just inexcusable. And I don't want to hear any excuses. And it really doesn't matter. I'm sure to any New York fan, nor me, that you're going to own up to any any of the stuff that went on yesterday only lasting getting into the third but not getting it an out and giving up two home runs and giving up three runs total and basically putting your team behind an eight ball when you saw on the other side Evaldi had great stuff and poor approaches by the offense again and we'll get with that in a few minutes but it was inexcusable if I'm looking at an ace I'm expecting six seven innings of maybe two run ball and that's it and if it's when we talk with ken davidoff and it's oh it looks like he's getting tired well guess what that is the coach's problem and the coach's fault for not preparing these guys like they should in spring training and i'm not talking about analytical i'm not talking about how to face the hitters and going through a game plan i'm talking about getting your body ready for 162 games 33 to 35 starts over 200 innings which he should be pitching and being prepared for this game that you had against the red sox to go further to face the Rays. now on the other hand i'm going to say that i really believe and he's probably not using it as an excuse and he didn't say anything i really believe that the hamstring has been an issue over the last three or four starts watching everything his velocity was there but he was all over the place with his fastball all over the place with his breaking ball everything was up in his zone, and he could not drive the ball down in the zone like he normally can and normally could in the past so I think that that had something to do with him not being able to hit his spots and get his fastball low in the zone. He was pitching up. He tried to pitch even higher to get some swings and misses. He did get those on occasion, but the times that he did miss, he wound up paying for it. And if it wasn't for Verdugo running himself out of an inning or, or you know running them out of that inning, it might have been worse. So you know whether I give him the benefit of the doubt, I, I think he was hurt. I, I think he. I think something's going on with his hamster just like Lemayu with the sports hernia or whatever he had going on during the season we said this a number of times during the year I think something's going on with him and he's just playing through it and I think something was going on with with Cole as well and he was playing through it and it affected the team
0: that's all well and good and I get it you know he has that mindset he's the ace and he has to come up big in that spot but if he's hurt He's a detriment to the team. If he's not a hundred percent in a do or die game, Nelly, he can't be out there. The Yankees have what it what it took to get through that game without Garrett Cole. They well, okay, who then? Who? Luis they don't Severino, Domingo Herman. They could have pieced okay, it together. Okay, well, I'm not putting Herma- I'm
2: not putting Herman in when all of a sudden they had something had, you know, the last time he pitched. Severino okay I'll give you that he probably could have gone maybe three innings and they could have probably pieced something together out of the bullpen and worried about this day off so yeah Play uh, homes, you know yeah okay.
0: I, it, something could have been done if he was hurt and I understand I'm the guy that screams every week on this podcast that I want the old school pitchers back and, and the old school players and that's what Cole did if he's playing through an injury he played through an injury like an old school player he tried to be the guy he just wasn't the guy and it's just not good enough It's not going to. Cut it with me. You put your team up against the wall. And he, again, he did say all the right things in the post game, but they're going home again. And this is something that's happened with this team since Aaron Boone has been the manager. Now, I had to see a tweet from Buster only today that said, under Boone's watch, now they're boys because they worked on ESPN together, but I had to see the tweet that they're averaging 98 wins a year. Hey, Buster,
2: that's great.
0: Who it cares? Really is.
2: I this don't care. This I isn't don't the care. Kansas City Royals. This isn't this is this is the New York Yankees. Wait, I mean wait, what, wait. What, you you don't do.
0: Go ahead. When you went through, we've talked about this, Nelly, and I'll bring it back up again if we have listeners for the first time listening to this podcast. You brought it up with Mike Stanton. When you were in when when people were in the Yankee system, you knew when they came up, they had a pedigree of winning. You didn't come up in the system, but you had a lot of players that you played with that did come through the system. And they wanted to win. Mr. Steinbrenner wanted to win at every level so that by the time they got to the big club, that was ingrained in their brain. They did not want to lose. It seems like to me that the Yankees now are just punting. Hey, if we win 98 games and we do well during the regular season, that's a win. And I'm so sick and tired of people on television and on radio saying that the season isn't a failure. I know these guys work hard. I know they're not out there playing their rear ends off to go out there and lose in the wild card game. But if your ultimate goal and judge is the only one who nuts up and says it, yeah, it was a failure. We didn't win the world series in his eyes. He said it in the post game in my eyes. If we don't win a ring and I'm paraphrasing the seasons a failure, can we stop with making excuses for this team? If you put out there every freaking season that your goal is to win a world series and you don't achieve that goal. If you're, if you want to run a marathon, okay? You have to run 26.2 miles. If you don't run 26.2 miles, if you run 25.2 and cramp up and can't make it across the finish line, did you fail or did you succeed? You failed. You didn't do it. If you don't get to your goal, if you don't win a World Series, it's a failure. Stop. Stop with the excuses already. I can't take it. Yes, they work hard. Yes, they go out there and do their job night in and night out. It's not easy for 162 games. But if your goal is something and you don't reach that goal, you failed.
2: You're right. And the Yankees hold themselves, well, they used to. Uh, you know, it sounds to me that maybe only one player thinks that way, and that's Aaron Judge. They used to think of themselves and used to have higher expectations what happened to those why do we have a buster only or somebody else tweeting out that oh you know and let me let me say something about boone's uh, little post game comment real quick that uh you know what what are the expectation level this this is a 27 time world champion organization you act and you've always acted differently than any one of the other 29 teams in major league baseball you hold yourself to a level higher than any of the other 29 teams teams in major league baseball why do you sit there and say hey we averaged 98 wins who cares or they throw up boone's record who cares they've won one world series in 21 years they're not even close and then i see a a comment that was tweeted out of boone's press conference and he leads off or he says during that the league is catching up with us Oh okay, hold on. That was that the, was
0: terrible. The that league,
2: the terrible. league is the league is now catching up with you. You have to win World Series if you want to say that. If you were a manager of the '98, '99, 2000 team, and you lose in 2001, and then you say, "Hey, Joe Torre comes out," well, guess what? you know, now the league is catching up with us. Teams are getting better. Okay, you had a right to say that. Mr. Boone, you have not even been to a World Series. You can't even get past the first round. You have a roller coaster of a ride this season, and you constantly throw out cliches that people are getting tired of. And you're going to say the league is catching up with us? How about you need to catch up with the league? When are you catching up with the league? You have to everybody else is passing you over. This is a team that should have been as good as the Los Angeles Dodgers. They should have been the second best or the best team in Major League Baseball this year. There was no question. Anybody ask anyone who was the, who's the best team? The New York Yankees are going to be the favorite in the American League.
0: <laughs> you know how I always whip out those 80s movie lines? Well, there was a movie with uh, uh, summer school, and uh, they were doing a driver's test, and they said, "I we just got lapped by an old lady in a walker. The Yankees are getting lapped by an old lady in a yes, walker, and,
2: and they're in they a car. Are. That's the truth with this team. You can't and, say that stuff, and so you can't say the league is catch, catching up with you. Catching up how? You're, you're going backwards with all your freaking analytical crap. I watched, I watched, I sat there. And Fucking Natalie, I love it. I this love team it. is, this team went back to just, you know, how we, the, the infusion of, uh, you know, Rizzo and Gallo and Haney, but, you know, whatever, Haney... W- It shouldn't have been ever, ever acquired. But, you know, you have the young infusion of Velasquez and then you have Allen, you know, and he winds winds up being on the roster. Had no idea why. You know, he didn't even wasn't even there for the last month or so. And why do you add him in the postseason roster? Because he needs needed speed or something. I don't know. Yeah, but I watched this team and I watched this team yesterday and we always talk about heart. We talk about no, no energy. This I'm looking in the dugout, and, and I'm with with a bunch of my friends, and I'm like, and they're saying the same things. Dude, why? They're not saying anything in there. They're, they're just like looking looking dumbfounded. They were only down two zero, so this team is flat. They're not doing. They're, there's no energy whatsoever. And yes, you know, Evaldi has some nasty stuff. I mean, he's still at 99 miles an hour, or whatever it is, and he's got a good breaking ball. He's hitting strikes, and, you know, they just had no plan whatsoever. They've seen this guy for the seven. He just put up time. a
0: seven spot the on seventh him last yes,
2: week. Yeah. So you go through, you go, and I, I'm looking at this plan. I mean, they had 11 strikeouts last Well, they had eight through the first, what, five and a third that uh, it seemed like if they, if they weren't striking out, they were hitting a little weak ground balls. Besides Stanton, Stanton was the only one that uh, that had a good night. But there's just no energy, and it starts it starts with your coaching staff and your manager. Now Joe Torre wasn't one of those rah rah guys, or or Mel Stoddermeyer, but Don Zimmer was. At his age, he was a rah rah guy. He had coaches at Willie Randolph and Chris Chambliss and and, and uh, Lee Mazzilli. I mean, they they you had rah rah guys. You had guys that hey, let's go. That would kick you in the butt. I don't see anything. Aaron Boone stays in the same spot in the dugout all the time, whether it's superstitious or whatever, I don't see him saying anything. I don't see any of the players saying anything. I'm, I'm like, what are we doing here? You're down only two runs. You could get to anybody's bullpen. And it's like they're kicking cans every time they walk up to the to the batter's box or they're kicking cans while they're walking out to the field or, or back into the dugout. I'm like, come on, man. This is, this is the playoffs. This is what you shoot for. And you'd limped in because you had a bad series against the Raids. But my goodness. What the heck are we doing here? And it all starts – got to have some life. Where's the life? Yeah, but you know what the good news
0: is, Nellie? In, in 11 ballparks, those two hits by Stanton would have been home runs, just not yeah, Fenway Park. You know, well, well guess another, what, another genius? Another thing, they yeah. played at Fenway Park. Oh, thanks, StatCast. Thanks for telling me that in 11 other ballparks, they would have been home runs. They weren't in those 11 other parks. They were in Fenway Park. They hit the goddamn green monster. They weren't home runs. One was a single, and the other one, I think, was a double. And Judge gets thrown out at home, and let's go there now. Because I want to get your thoughts. You were Well, there it wasn't a great... double
2: to John Sterling. I right, kind of messed right. up well... this a little bit.
0: <laughs> Stop leave john alone but let's let's go with the stantonian double a stantonian blast (laughs) he said it was out of the park by phil nevin all right well (laughs) phil nevin let's go there next your seats from the picture you sent us your seats had a pretty good angle of that play. So before I give you my comment watching it on TV, how did you see that whole thing unfold from your seats?
2: Well, this is easy. This is easy if you want to get on him. But, you know, it's a 50-50 call for me. Uh, Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think you win if he's safe. It took two really good throws to get him, and they made a good play. They made two good relay plays, the Boston Red Sox did, to get him at home. I'm not saying you have to send him. I say, okay, it's a 50-50 move. I think he made the call that he thought was best, that Judge did not stop. He wasn't slowing down whatsoever. I wasn't all of a sudden, hey, he's slowing down at third, and all of a sudden, Nevin's waving him in. He was running full speed expecting to score on that play. So I have no gripe whatsoever with what Nevin did. If he scored, then everybody's like, oh, what a great third base coach. But guess what? He got thrown out. Oh, he should have never sent him with one out. Well, you know what? It's a 50-50 call, and I can't fault him either way.
0: He should have sent him with one out. Well, guess who was up next? Joey Gallo is up next. Here's his last 45 plate appearances. Five for 38 with a double, a home run, two RBI, five walks, and 17 strikeouts. A 132 average. 267 on base percentage, 237 slugging and a 504 OPS. So Phil Nevin, you know, this is all about numbers. I got to hear about analytics all the time. Well, maybe Phil Nevin knew who was coming up. He knew who was on deck. He knew that this guy either strikes out, walks, pops out, or hits a home run. As you just said, Nelly, and this was my point, judge, judge, You know how big this guy is. He's 6'7", 280, 278, give or take a couple of pounds. He was about, I would say, 10 feet away from third base. The Jets were already turned on. Nevin is saying to himself, probably, all right, Gallo's here. I got Aaron Judge full steam right now. He's going as fast as he can. If I have him put the brakes on and he gets hurt, I will be killed in the third base's coach box By everyone here that's a Yankee fan, he sends him, he gets thrown out. It's a 50-50 call. It's a bang-bang play. Anybody ever coached third base in their life, you're going to know what it's like. And like you said, Nelly, the ball gets away. I I think it was Kike Hernandez out there who the ball scooted by out there in left field. The relay Nevin Red was going to be a short hop. He didn't think Bogarts was going to be able to handle it. He puts all of these thought processes into his head. He's making that decision in a nanosecond where all of these Wednesday morning quarterbacks are saying, oh, we should have done this. He should have done that. There was only going to be one out, this, that, and the third. He got thrown out. It is what it is. Did it kill a rally? Maybe. Does Gallo come up and still pop out to third base weekly? Probably. Does he strike out? Maybe. Does Glaber Torres make the third out? Who, Who the hell knows? It's Michael K.'s favorite saying, the fallacy of the predetermined outcome. No one will ever know, Nellie, but I'm not putting this loss on Phil Nevin. No. Was he, it a big, a play, part, a yes, it a a big play in a game? Yes, it was a big play in a
2: game. it, But it's 50-50. It. It. It's 50-50 there, and I have no fault with him. Yeah,
0: he's a part of it. Your ace cannot go out there and give up two home runs and put your team down 3-0 within the first three innings of the game. That's not what's supposed to happen in a freaking playoff game. That's a part of it. The offense taking another, how many times, Nellie, did the offense take a dirt nap this season? How many freaking times? And they go and they take another dirt nap in the AL wild card game. Michael K hit the nail on the head on his show before the game even started. When the lineup came out, he said, and I quote, the four through nine hitters, that's a little dicey with the Yankees today. After Stanton from four through nine, I don't know where you're gonna get any offense those four through nine hitters one for 22
2: in the yeah the bottom of the lineup was was non-existent you know you had Gardner Higashioka, then you had Velasquez and I understand you wanted some defense and you know I might have not caught uh, Sanchez either you know he's just he just looked bad either at the plate or behind the plate so it it just uh, it just wasn't there but yeah you know it's a big huge disappointment and we brought up this question before about you know to everyone what would it be better for them not to make the playoffs would it be easier to take or them to get knocked out in the first round by the Red Sox and I I don't know I don't know what would have been easier they didn't show up last night in the wild card game besides Stanton the bullpen did a really good job Holmes you you know on down the line they did a decent job but uh, you know they just didn't show up when they needed to I don't I don't think anybody's getting through Tampa and maybe the Yankees would have not gotten through it but at the same point at the same time you, you know just getting through that one game and getting them to Thursday when they're in a series then anything can happen in a series i actually like i know there's so many and, and it's because oh the yankees aren't in it or the mets aren't in it or some of these teams aren't in the in the playoffs so they can say oh maybe that first round should be two out of three no i like it that's why it's more emphasis on winning the division you have one game to try to get further win the damn division both the red sox and the yankees have ungodly payrolls and you're having a club like the rays win the division that has a 60 million dollar payroll. Hey, kudos to them because they're doing everything right. And also their minor league system is also winning championships. Their Triple A team won a championship. I think their Double A did team either came in first or second and same with a couple of their a-ball teams first or second so this is how good their minor league system is already and and they haven't drafted high in in the last few years because they've been so good something is going on in the Rays organization that they're developing players why can't other people why can't why can't the new york yankees who have done that in the past if i look back at my years and I see, OK, Mr. Stryman are added guys, but we also had a core of five or six that were there the whole entire time. Also, we had minor leaguers that would step up, that come up every once in a while when we needed someone that was injured, that was not losing a step. You had Ricky Lede, you, you, had a, you had a Bellinger, you had other guys in the organization that would come up occasionally and put something together.
0: Ownership used to step up. And now it's just status quo and the status quo has to change or this team is not going anywhere anytime soon. Because as you alluded to earlier, Nelly, the league and not just the entire league around them, the teams in their division, this was supposed to be a rebuild year for the Red Sox. They just beat the Yankees. The Yankees were supposed to be the class of the American League and the Red Sox who are in a rebuild that if the Red Sox, I know you, both of us, neither one of us think anyone's getting by the race, but if, can you imagine if the Red Sox beat the Rays and go on to another world series championship, I'm telling you right now, stick around George Steinbrenner's grave because he might spin out of the dirt and come back.
1: Well, the Steinbrenners are going to have decisions to make here guys. And you know, let's, let's end this before we talk free agency with that. Brian Cashman, Aaron Boone, start with Aaron Boone. Is he going to be in the broadcast booth? Is he going to be coaching elsewhere? Or is he the Yankees 2022 manager, Nelly?
2: I th- I think when you when you look at this team and we talked about it early, about ha- earlier about earlier ha- about having high expectations and uh, you know if you don't get to the World Series it's a failure I mean that mentality should start creeping back in if it hasn't you know obviously it hasn't over the last few years it's almost inevitable that they that make they make changes as much as hey a lot of these guys are my friends and and I've played with them and fa- faced them or played against them it, you know you don't want to see anyone get fired but at this at this point it's almost like okay don't don't they have to make changes and isn't isn't it a disappointment if they don't you can't keep going this way every time they say oh 98 wins is that that's what they're averaging over the last three years and as you know Aaron Boone's record is so good yeah but what are we looking at are we looking at their analytical department are they going too far from too far with this yes I, I I think they're going way too far with this you know, they're outsmarting themselves on the field. But it seems like the, it needs a shakeup. It needs almost a whole revamp, doesn't it? Doesn't it, you know, a whole coaching staff itself? It just doesn't seem to be going the way that the New York Yankees are used to going.
0: It doesn't matter if Aaron Boone comes back or not. It, it really doesn't. Because whoever Brian Cashman hires is going to be the next Aaron Boone. He's still going to get a lineup that's given to him By the front office that he could pick and choose an optimal lineup will be sent down to Aaron Boone 2.0 or Aaron Boone part two. It doesn't matter if Brian Cashman is still in charge of this team as the senior vice president and general manager. It doesn't really matter who's brought in because it's not going to be an old school manager. It's going to be another person like Aaron Boone, who is a collaborator not a manager. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. To me, Nelly, I think coaches might change. Some heads might roll with the coaching staff. I think they're going to bring Boone back because why are they going to bring someone else in and have the players have to get used to somebody else's way of doing things when they're already used to Aaron Boone and he's averaging ninety eight wins a year? I mean, why, why change him?
2: Okay, change but if him? you look at this year and this year's team, okay, maybe it was constructed a little bit differently. Uh, you know, maybe we, they could have done some things in the winter to prepare themselves a little bit better and maybe add some left-handed power, uh, do something that maybe would have had a better shot or maybe not have had such a roller coaster season as they had this year now do they have the talent i think they have the talent to win the world series so if they have the talent then who is that on is it on the computer is it on the coaching staff is it on blake the pitching coach is it on boone i mean this team is lifeless and how many times have we said that during the year this team is lifeless there is no energy who does that get put on? That gets put on the coaching staff. It's not a leader. Aaron Judged, if you want to make him the captain, if you want to sign him to a, a long-term deal, or you want to wait till next year and do it, who knows? And whatever they want to do, let, let him do. Is it his is it his job to try to rah-rah guys? Maybe he's not a rah-rah guy. Maybe he's not someone that's going to go through the clubhouse and jump guys' ship. Maybe he's not that guy. Jeter wasn't that guy, but he led by example. Jeter was a captain because he did it on the field, and everybody knew that, hey, this guy, this young kid is given 100% every single time, every single at bat. He knows exactly what to do with the baseball, and if he messes up, you know he's human, but that's who everybody followed. They didn't follow the, hey, let me jump on everybody in the clubhouse, and if everything's going wrong, I got to start being the rah-rah and raise my voice. Nobody had to do that. Nobody in our locker room had to do that, and, and I don't know if anybody really does. Maybe they have to show example out on the field. Who's that guy in the field? Who's that guy showing a winning example on the field? You know, I, I don't know. There's just no life, and that all that starts with that starts with the coaching staff. And you look how prepared they are hitting. They're not prepared. I, I, Their game plan. I don't know. Is a computer telling them how to hit? Is a computer telling them how to field? Is a computer telling them how to, how to how to how to you know run the bases? No, this is the coaching staff is telling him. And how poorly was all that? Didn't Rizzo ground out
0: on the first pitch of the game?
2: You know, you have a lineup that anytime you make a mistake, I mean, you, you could be tied. I mean, you look at that when they scored the one run and all of a sudden Stanton's up and he hits the double or wound up being a long single off the wall. You're thinking, okay, I mean, this could have been a tie score, 3-3. Three, three, and at any point, this could happen. If they could just get some life and grind out at bats. You know, I, again, I'm looking and I, I hate to do it, but I'm looking at guys that I played with and they, grind, they were grinding out that bats Jorge Posada would grind out in that bat he might look totally fooled on on pitches and all of a sudden he would hit one off the end of the bat and it would bloop over the second baseman's head for a base hit or, and, and all of a sudden, he would stretch it into the double because the team was falling asleep out there defensively. But they're grinding out a beast. They're not grinding out a. Last yesterday, they didn't grind out anything. You, you know, Stanton go, has a few hit, couple hits. What do you know, three hits? They're not grinding out anything.
0: Some games they did that, and we 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 commented on that a couple of weeks ago, actually, how the offense was getting into the bullpen like they used to do with with your teams back in the '90s. They would just grind the starter, uh, like putting them through a meat grinder, get to the bull pen and just go to town. And last night, it just seemed like they went away from all that. All right, Nelly. Coming up next, we look ahead to the offseason. What the Yankees free agents, uh, what one should stay, who should go, and what name should the Yankees be targeting in free agency? It's all next on the Strike Pod from the New York Post. All right, Nelly, let's start with uh, some free agents on the Yankees specifically. And, and I, we've we've talked about this. We've been like buzzards circ- circling around the uh, not so much of a carcass yet of Anthony Rizzo because I think he has some career left. And he showed some worth with this Yankees team, not just at the plate, but in the field as well. He saves runs. He plays a great first base. He instills confidence in his infielders when you gather around your infielders and you say, hey, just get it close to first. And I got you. I mean, that's what you want over at first base. And this is no shade at Luke Voigt. I think he's a good major league player, but he can't shine the shoes of Anthony Rizzo as a first baseman. I'm sorry. So let's start with Riz. And it depends on how many years he wants. I know he turned down the deal from the Cubs. I think it was five for 70. Maybe he just didn't think the Cubs were going to win. Hopefully that was the case. And maybe he liked being here with the Yankees and maybe the direction that the Yankees are going to go. And remember, everyone out there listening, I don't know if their teams are going to rush into free agency and lock guys in now or wait for the CBA to be worked out after december 1st or maybe they signed something before december 1st it's going to be a very messy offseason if the cba doesn't get situated nelly but i think the yankees first order of business is is rizzo and then the middle of the uh defense
2: yeah we're gonna have to jump around because some of these pieces all fit together you know when you start talking about players and you know as far as anthony rizzo i would love to see him as a yankee you know i don't know what he wants you know i don't even know if he wants to come back i think he did like it here i think he sees you know maybe some of the winning ways you know some players just don't like playing in new york and i don't know if he's one of them or not he seemed to get he's an easy i've I've gotten to know him through the years just working you know different games and and he seems like a great guy and it seems like a great clubhouse guy and you know watching him over with the cubs it wouldn't really surprise me if he signs back there you, you know I really don't see the Cubs being a rebuilding team. Maybe they go out and say, Okay, we lost Baez and we lost Rizzo, but we'd love to have those guys back because they really couldn't work anything out at the time. And there's no sense of jumping to a an extension if you're not going to get it. So with that being said, if you do if you do sign Rizzo back, then that means that means obviously Luke Voigt. I think Luke Voigt has played his last games as a Yankee. This is a shortened season. Yes, he leads the game the league in twenty home with twenty home runs and great. You know, it's only sixty games. Put your hat on that if you want just like the Dodgers. And they should have gap traded
0: gap. him at the time, so.
2: They should have, they should have traded him in, traded him in the winter and then you could have gone and le- get a left-handed shortstop. stop, but then if that's being if that being said, so Luke Ford's probably done and that means LeMahieu, he's going to come back and he'll be strong enough, so he would wind up moving To my opinion, if you're not signing Rizzo, then he's your first baseman. If you are signing Rizzo, then I think LeMahieu is your third baseman. And if that means that Urshela is probably another odd man out who was a free agent at the time, and maybe he's run its course as well. You're seeing some injuries. You're seeing him get banged up just a little bit. And the same with Luke Foyt. I mean, Luke Foyt you know as much as he wants to stay in the lineup i really don't know if he can stay in the lineup cuz he's just such he's 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 huge i mean he's a muscle guy and and maybe you know those type of guys just don't stay healthy so if you, want, if you sign Rizzo, then I think LeMahieu moves to third, and then I think you're going to have to find a shortstop because I don't think Urshela is your everyday shortstop.
0: No, but I don't think you're going to go and spend another $30 million to $40 million a year on one of these big-time shortstops that's out there on the market. I think you stay away from that. Jack Curry talked about it on the Yes Network postgame last night, and I like the idea of maybe a bridge shortstop. You have Oswaldo Pereira, and you also have Anthony Volpe, in the system. They've both uh, put up some really good numbers. Pereira at double uh, A Somerset. I know Volpe hasn't been over high A, but the way they play the game, I've read a lot of columns about these kids coming up, and the way they play the game is what we talk about, Nellie. Uh, week in and week out on this podcast, they're ball players. And and that's what I want to see on this team. So maybe you don't break the bank on one of these big free agents. Like you don't need a Carlos Correa. You don't need an all star at every position. Look at the Tampa Bay Rays. Who's the superstar in the Tampa Bay Rays besides Wander Franco? You know,
2: they and have he's a, not... Rosarina, they have Meadows, right, they, right, have right.
0: they have Kiermaier. they have They're really a collection. Oh they're yeah, a, they're a collection of ball players.
2: You can go on what Bryce Harper said about the Phillies and say, "Oh, there's got to be a point where you have some homegrown talent that you're going to utilize." And who has been that homegrown talent so far with the Yankees? That's going to come up and step up. You know, Velasquez is not the answer at shortstop, and you're probably right. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. You got it. You got to give some of these guys. A chance to prove themselves at the big league level. Now, if this was Mr. Steinbrenner, it'd be a different story. He may not wait. Maybe there would have been homegrown talent maybe five or six years ago, and the Yankees would have been seeing that now. So, yeah, maybe you are right. Maybe they don't go and sign a Seager or a, you know a Correa or, or someone like that, or even a Marcus Simeon. You know, had the forty-five home runs at second base or forty-six or whatever it was. But you know, maybe they do that. Maybe they concentrate and hey, I'm going to sign Rizzo, and he's our, he's our target if he wants to come back then that's that's our target right now
0: the next place I'm I'm gonna go and and we had your buddy Scott Bradley on the show head coach at Princeton uh former catcher in the big leagues uh caught with the Mariners too didn't he for a little bit he was with you yeah so he had, a, he had a tweet towards the end of the regular season and he said, you know, I don't know when the Yankees are going to realize this, but your defense has to be strong up the middle. And with catcher, shortstop, and center field, it's just not there. And he's right. Uh, he speaks the truth because he can. And, and I'm going to echo that. And this 12-year odyssey with Gary Sanchez finally has to come to an end. They've doubled down They've tripled down. They've quadrupled down on this guy. Yeah, he gets into some streaks, Nelly, where he could tattoo baseballs for a week, week and a half, and then crawls back in his shell. He's like the the, the mascot, Bronxy. He comes out of his shell, and then he goes back into his shell. But behind the plate is where you need somebody. And you could speak to this, Nelly. You were a relief pitcher at the highest level and one of the best that the game has ever saw. So you know how important a great defensive catcher is, especially when you have to bury a slider on an 0-2-1-2 pitch. I think that's where we need to start with the up to middle defense, and we'll start with catcher. I don't know where they go catcher-wise. Not a lot out there right now uh, as far as a starting catcher as a free agent. I know Christian Vasquez of the Red Sox, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. I like him, like the way he works. With the staff, I like his pop and his bat. He could catch up to some high fastballs as well. I don't know if the Yankees are going to do this, I don't know if they're going to quintuple down on this guy, but that's where we have to start with the defense up the middle. They have to end this story. I'm sick of reading these chapters. The book. Has to end.
2: Yeah, you know because they've had plenty of time to either find a coach or get someone to improve him behind the plate, and I think he is a very good talent, and I think he has success somewhere else. And the Yankees, and hopefully they're not afraid of that, because a lot of teams are afraid that okay, we trade these guys away, and they're superstars somewhere else. Is that a scar on us? Is that a blemish? And you know, well, you know, it just, just happens to be that New York is not a place for him. And it it's, it's showed. It's, it's showed its ugly head many a years. And I think he's a super talent. I think he can be a super talent. He's just not going to be a super talent in New York. And I think it's sometimes that these, these coaches and the front office have to realize that, that it's time to move on from someone that continues to hurt us behind the plate and we continue to have frustration at the plate because he is a huge mental guy. And you can see when he's mentally locked in, for a few days and he's mentally locked in and he becomes a decent player and somebody that they thought of.
0: You bring up a great point and I don't want to completely poo poo Gary because he is a talent. He is, there's no ifs, ands or buts about it. He is a talent. And maybe Jeff, you know, you look at football, right? How many offensive coordinators can a quarterback go through before you just say, well, this quarterback is terrible? Well, hold on now. Maybe it's the quarterback coach, and maybe it's the 15 different offensive coordinators this guy had to learn offenses from. Maybe that's the problem. So I get what you're saying. Maybe the Yankees, if they let him go and he starts to succeed somewhere else, oh, then it was an organizational problem and we're going to look like idiots. Was Sonny Gray good in New York? No, but that doesn't mean Sonny Gray wasn't good elsewhere. He was. So, but I just think it's time to cut bait. I think it's time you have to move on. And I think it's time you need a catcher that people aren't worried about well, who's gonna start the AL wild card game if Garrett Cole pitches?
1: The only thing is it might have to come in the trade market because when you look at the free no, agents, I know. It's Robinson, there's nobody. Chirinos, there's nobody. Gomes, Leon, Manny Pena, Wilson Ramos, Austin Romine, Kurt Suzuki. Yeah, I no, I get it. And then the other guys with club options. Buster Posey has a club option with a buyout, but it's twenty two million, so he's probably staying. Yeah, and him. you're not now, bringing for any- a couple years now. Jan Gomes is a very interesting name. There's he is one a decent catcher. There's
2: one.
0: The Yankees did draft three catchers in a row. I mean, they have some in the pipeline too. It's just a matter of getting them up here and are they going to be catchers i mean this is where the draft has to get better this is where the yankees have to be better in selecting players and, and getting people in their system that they could bring up and have an impact. You know, Jorge Posada was that guy, a switch-hitting catcher. Was his defense a uh, Johnny Bench? No. But it was serviceable, and he hit the snot out of the ball. I mean, people are begging to have Jorge Posada back behind the plate. But anyway, they, they definitely need a shortstop in some way, shape, or form.
2: And I don't know about you, Nelly. Talking, if you're going to get bridge, bridge players and shortstop is a position – Catcher can be a position as well. And Jan Gomes, maybe a two-year deal or a one-year deal. There's no bad one-year deals, really.
0: Are, are you sold on Aaron Hicks being your center fielder next year?
2: Well, defensively, I think he's outstanding. I think they really, it's a, it's a bad contract. And, if that, and that's an understatement, but he can't stay on the field. So I don't know what you do with him because he can't stay on the field long enough to trade. And you've already invested a ton of money, whether he has three or four years left on his contract. It's a boatload of money that's left on this contract and he really hasn't obviously should have never got it because he was only a fourth outfielder and a fifth outfielder for minnesota and he comes over to new york and he swings out of his butt every single pitch so no i'm not sold on him but there's no way you're going to be able to move him or you're not going to DFA him and, and eat the money. He's
1: under contract through 2025. So you got a while at $10.10.5 yeah. 10 a, a year. So you're just going to have to say, is this
2: another Jacoby Ellsbury that, uh, you know, he, he's a great talent, but he can't stay on the field?
0: Jacoby Ellsbury, life. Uh, 59 games in 2019. Uh, then, of course, 54 in the 60 game season last year and then uh, 32 games before he took a dirt nap this season. So yeah, I I just, that's your center fielder. He doesn't stay on the field. And Brett Gardner, God bless him. He's come back the last four seasons and uh, every year, he's supposed to be the fourth outfielder. And every year, he's thrust into the starting lineup.
1: Um, it's basically catcher, shortstop, and a starting pitcher are the, uh, where you start this offseason. And Scherzer's
0: right? not coming to New York, so you could forget about Scherzer. I don't know. Maybe Carlos Rodon, they had a chance to get him last year before the White Sox signed him to the one-year deal. So maybe you could go out and get Carlos Rodan. He's a lefty. You could latch him up with uh, Cole and Tyone at the top of the rotation. You have Severino back in the fold now. So yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not too worried about the rotation. If you add one like Rodon, I think the bullpen is is still solid. I think that'll be fine. You could add there too. Corey Kluber, by the way, go work on it with another team. No more Corey Kluber. But I, I just think the Yankees have a lot of work to do. I think it's time to go back to the drawing board. I know you can't trade everybody. I know you can't hit the reset button and do this all over again. But there has to be wholesale changes. And if Brian Cashman doesn't go, and in my gut, he's not going anywhere, just sign Boone again because it's going to be the same guy that he brings in. The same guy. He's not hiring an old head to come in here like Tony La Russa to do things
2: Sinatra his way. He's hiring a guy like Aaron Boone okay well that's fine but if you're looking at go out and find someone if you're gonna find someone that's like Aaron Boone then find someone that has a little bit more energy find someone that uh, you know maybe can teach a little bit more find someone that besides being a good communicator in the clubhouse and I'm maybe sure you could steal Beltron
0: from the Mets there
2: Nellie yeah, well, me find someone find someone with high energy and that can light a fire under these guys when they need it I know it's a little bit different game because guys are a little bit more sensitive now and you, and you really can't go that direction sometimes. But you know you're you're seeing mistakes on the field, defensively, base running, throws. That's all on the coaching staff. Yeah, all that's that's organizational. On the coaching staff, yep. and that's the stuff that needs to change. Needs to change. I mean, that's the stuff that okay, we can't. This is these are mistakes that you make in spring training, not during the regular season.
0: Can't say it's going to be a boring off season, Nelly. That's for sure. And
2: yeah you i mean well you just said it earlier and this is this is really important i mean everybody you can talk all you want until you're blue in the face about oh the yankees should do this the yankees should do that she says said the cba is up december 1st and who knows which direction this is going to go in i i have a feeling that it's not going to go well for a while Because I think that there's way too many differences that both sides want. And, you know, the money is so great now that maybe the advantage might be with the owners because some of these players don't want to, even the high-paid guys, don't want to lose these contracts. It's going to be interesting. I I know some teams like the Colorado Rockies have signed two of their players already. I'm going to be interested to see are teams right after the World Series, are they just going to say, hey, why do we need a spending fr- frenzy? Why do we even need to do anything until this CBA is locked down? And then we'll start signing our free agents. I don't even know if anybody goes until after the first of the year. You might not see anything at all. Yeah, matter.
0: it's going to be a-, a feeding frenzy. And Jake, before we wrap things up and put a nice bow tie on this, our producer, Sarah McCrory, who's in here on the squadcast, inquiring minds want to know, Jake, she was supposed to fulfill a bet with some, uh, fingernail polish did that ever yeah, happen she
1: never did i guess it's my <laughs> fault I didn't, re- I didn't remind her and then she forgot it was just a forget well I, I have these stuff. stupid mets decals i bought for nails for like three dollars off of amazon now i have nothing to do with them so jake can have them That's the police coming after her for (laughs) night.
0: Sarah, did you get those on sale? Were they
1: discounted? I don't know. They were like $3. Jake could have them. Yeah, the Mets are a $3 franchise. Jake, you can give them to one of the girls you take to the game. Oh! Oh. Oh. Ending the show with shots fired. Oh, my goodness. You're fired.
0: Uh, I knew Sarah would bring the fire. Uh.
1: <laughs> oh goodness. Well, we gotta thank Sarah McCrory. We gotta thank Brian Mungia for help- helping Thanks, out Sarah. Thanks, on the Brian sh- on the show this year. Thanks to all our guests, you know, Ken Davidoff, Eric Hubs, John Destremsky, Nick Toturo was always fun steve shrippa uh me and figgy mike stanton ricky ricardo homer bush michael k bob lorenz tracy morgan Vic debatetto and the playhouse brandon tierney ken singleton was always incredible bernie williams mark Malusis, joe tory constantine maroulis uh sweeney murdy Chris Carlin, Jerry Cooney, David Wells, Cool from Cool in the Gang. How about that one? Paige Hamilton. He's learning his guitar lessons from him again. We had Mickey Rivers, who told the uh, you know the great story picking up cash at second base. Billy Ripkin, Ron Bloomberg, Jeff Mangold, Jim Layritz, Scott Bradley, Daryl Strawberry, Ian O'Connor, Shane Spencer, Cece Sabathia, Roy White, Nick Swisher, Bucky. Effin' Dent, (laughs) John Boy. Gary Sheffield, Susan Waldman. Fun season, guys. I had to show all our guests love, and uh, thanks for making it a fun show this year. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, Jake. Thank
0: thank you, Jake. Thank you, Sarah, and thanks to Brian as well. Uh, We can't do this without you. All of your hard work, all the editing that goes into this, it's a time-consuming process, uh, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts,
2: Nellie and I. All right,
1: time to hit the beach. Let's go.
2: There is one one free agent pickup that is a must by the New York Post, and that is a booking agent. (laughs) (laughs) on to next year.
0: <laughs> that says good night to episode 93 of the pinstripe pod our yankees podcast from the new york post thanks to jake brown and brian Mungia, plus sarah mccrory for producing the show all season long catch up on all episodes from this season by subscribing on apple podcast spotify stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts give us a five-star rating and write a nice review on apple we do appreciate it. for jeff nelson i'm chris shearn we will return this off season when major yankees news hits so stay tuned and thanks for listening to the pinstripe pod all season long folks we can't thank you enough stay safe and we'll talk
1: to you soon